So I'm going to talk about prayer this morning. And, and I know for me in my life, during seasons, and even sometimes still, there's, prayer can be an awkward thing. Sometimes I get all in my head about it, and I'm thinking about, well, this is the creator of the universe. Um, what am I going to say to the creator of the universe? And it can get a little more awkward than I'd like it to be sometimes. And this is portrayed in, in Hollywood in a, in a movie called Meet the Parents. And we're going to take a look at how this is played out in this movie. Greg, would you like to say Grace? Oh, uh, well, uh, Greg's Jewish dad. You know. You're telling me Jews don't pray, honey? Unless you have some objection. No, 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 no. No, I'd love to. Pam, come on. It's not like I'm a rabbi or something. I said Grace and many a dinner table. Dear God, thank you. You are such a good God to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly laying at our table this day and each day by day day by day <laughs> by day oh dear lord three things we pray <laughs> to love thee more dearly to see thee more clearly to follow thee more nearly Day by day. By day. Amen. Amen. Oh, Greg, that was lovely. Thank you, Greg. That was interesting, too. <laughs> oh, classic. We make it harder than it needs to be sometimes. The disciples, though, they had, they had questions, too, about prayer. Um, and as we're going we're gonna to turn to Luke um, chapter 11 this morning, and, and I'd like to invite you to turn there. Um, so if you have a Bible with you, take that out. Open to Luke chapter 11. Um, if it's on your phone, take out your Bible app. Um, open to Luke chapter 11 this morning, starting at verse 1. So, so this is this passage where um, Luke tells, or Jesus is telling his disciples about prayer. And it's this moment where, where, the disciples are, well, they're witnessing Jesus pray, and they're seeing him pray, and, and after he, he's done praying, they come up to him and say, Jesus, teach us to pray. And so I want to go through this passage with you, and I'm going to give you a chance to, to dig into this together. Um, I'm going to read it, and I'd like you to respond, and what we're going to do is we're going to use a live poll feature, um, so if you don't already have your phone out, um, let's get that invite screen up on the screen. There it is. So head to that live poll. And while I'm reading it, um, you can start entering your word. We'd like you just to pick one word that, that is found in Luke 11, 1 through 13. Or you can pick a word that's representative of, of a new and noteworthy insight from Luke 11. And again, as I read it, I want you to be responding 
and type in your one, submit your one word, and we'll see the results here in a second. But this is Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and he finished, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food that we need. And forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't lead us, and don't let us yield to temptation. Then, teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread, and you say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed, I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to anyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so I'd love to hear, I'd love to see as we dig in together, as we, as, as we think about what is new for you in this passage today, or what's noteworthy for you in this passage today. So thanks for sharing your words. Um, if you haven't yet, take a second and, and, and submit your word, and, and we're going to just represent that with a word cloud up on screen right now. Maybe. Do we have it? Maybe not. That's okay. How about one of you or three of you or a few of you shout out, what's your one word? Somebody shout out your word. Knock. Knock. Okay. What else? I didn't catch that one. Shameless. Persistence. Any others? Seek. Good. Thanks for, thanks for digging in with me. Um, you know, what strikes me about this passage is that it's more than just um, a formula for prayer. It's more than just talking about the topics that we should be praying about, although it is those things. It is a formula for prayer in a, in a way, and it is giving us insight into what to be praying for. But I think much more than that, I think this passage and, and others in Scripture 
Uh, it's demonstrating a heart posture, a heart posture for prayer. What do I mean by heart posture? Well, think of the word orientation or your mode or your passion or your impulse or your, or your disposition in prayer. And as we look uh, at this passage again, let's be open to um, what God is inviting our heart posture to be, okay? So again, Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Um, so first we have this familiar section, right? These words of, of the Lord's Prayer. But we have it. <laughs> well, that's kind of good. It's beautiful. Persistence is, is, is what, most of, what most of you have said. I love it. Thanks, you guys. I appreciate that. So first we have these words of the Lord's Prayer, and they're, and they're familiar, right? Um, we see that Jesus wants us to have reverence for God. May your name be kept holy. We see that Jesus, he, he values God's economy, the Father's economy, right? Um, the way that God designed things to be. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And, and there's an acknowledgement there, too, of, of God's ongoing provision, right? Give us our daily bread. Also, there's this, this trusting uh, God for, for protection from evil. But verses 5 through 10 go beyond that. And, 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 and Jesus is, is um, unpacking this, and he's adding layers to this as he goes. So what heart posture does this demonstrate? Well, let's look at the story of the persistent neighbor, right? Shameless persistence. Shameless persistence. And then we get this, this, this discourse about asking and seeing, seeking and knocking. And all, th all three verbs are continuous, right? Jesus is not speaking of single activities, but that these should be ongoing. The New Living Translation nails it, I think, because they, they, read, they render the, the verbs as keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking in this ongoing way. So, so the question is, does God need us to be persistent? You know, it isn't that God is reluctant to give us our needs, and he's not reluctant to be persuaded. Our persistence doesn't change God, does it? But it changes us. Our persistence changes us. It's developing in us a heart and a passion for what God wants. Persistence is, I think, foundational to the heart posture that God wants us to have in prayer. Or another way to say this is, God, I want more of you. I want more of you, God. Because for Jesus, this is what it's all about. He wants our heart above all else, doesn't he? The goal for Jesus has always been intimacy with us, his created. Obedience will follow, but intimacy is the goal. We certainly see it here in Luke. We see that, that, that earnest persistence, that earnest um, I want more of you, Jesus, when, when we see from the disciples, teach us to pray. Yeah, I can only imagine the disciples, 
standing there watching Jesus pray, and, and they see something about him that's, that's amazing. Teach us that, Father. We want that too. We want intimacy with the Father. My youngest son, Caden, um, just celebrated his first birthday. And um, we, had, we did the thing where we gave him cake, right? And, and, and I don't know, as a parent, this is, this is one of those things where um, I kind of have mixed emotions, giving a one-year-old, like, all this, this, this giant cupcake. But we did. And so this first picture here um, is Caden. Um, he's sort of, tr- you can kind of see, he's sort of trying it out. He's got this sort of, like, he's, like, concentrating, right? You can tell in his face that he's, like, he's sort of into this, but this is new, right? And, he, and he's sort of figuring it out. Um, he experienced something new, and he, and he got a taste, right? He got a taste, and then he wanted more. He wanted more. <laughs> and by the end, he was all in on it. He was all in. He had a taste of it, and he wanted more. In Luke 11, the disciples got a taste of of prayer, and they wanted more. I want more of you, Father. And we see this, this heart posture, this prayer posture throughout Scripture, don't we? Um, I want to share a couple of examples with you. Um, Exodus 33. So here you have Moses, and he's led the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery, and they're wandering in the desert. And this is, this is that point between Egypt and between Egypt and the Promised Land, and they're wandering. And Moses has gotten in the habit of going up the mountain to meet with God. And it's just incredible. Think about the experiences that, that Moses must have had as he ascended those, the mountain uh, those times and, and, and communed with God in a way that, that humans hadn't. Um, so Exodus... 33, chapter 33, verse 15, it says, if you don't go personally with us, don't make us leave this place. So Moses and, and God are having this, this, this conversation, and, and they're talking about, okay, you know, the promised land is coming, Moses. And Moses is like, Father, if, if you're not coming, I don't want to go. I want you in this, Father. Don't make us leave if you're not coming. Back in verse 13, Moses says, Let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. A bold prayer from Moses as he's communing, as he's um, sharing this this time with God. Show me your ways. I want to understand, Father. I want to know you more fully and continue to enjoy you. Do you see that heart posture? Most remarkably, I think, in this passage is verse 18. Moses says, show me your glorious presence. Now, I know you probably know this, but like, you, you can't see God's face back in the Old Testament. You couldn't, you couldn't see God without dying. And, but, but Moses, in, in his bold way, he prays. He said, well, he says to God, I want to see you. I want to see you. I want to see your glorious presence. And God says, well, okay. (laughs) So imagine the scene. 
God says, okay, I'm going to hide you in this little cave, this little cleft of a rock. And so Moses, you, can you see him crouching in this little cleft of a rock? And, and God says, I'm going, to, I'm going to make my presence pass by you. And he says, I'm going to, as I approach you, I'm going to cover you, cover the opening with my hand. And I'm going to come in front of you. And as my glory passes by, I'll remove my hand and you'll see my, my backside. And so Moses is here. Can you just picture this? And, and here comes the very hand of God as the presence of the Father passes before Moses. Show me your glorious presence, Lord. By the way, um, at the incarnation, um, Jesus, the Word, he's the embodiment, the embodiment, right, of that glorious presence. God's glory now dwells in him. Hebrews 1.3 says, The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. So think about that glorious presence that Moses encountered, now dwelling in human form in Jesus Christ. And we have his glorious presence, his glorious power in us through the Holy Spirit as well. I want to look at one other passage this morning with you, Acts chapter 2. So here we have Peter. The, 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 the people are all gathered for the Feast of Pentecost in Jerusalem. And, 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 the, and the whole scene, you remember it. The Holy Spirit comes upon them, tongues of flame, all the different languages being spoken and understood. The Holy Spirit is in the house. The Holy Spirit has arrived. All of a sudden, now Peter preaches this, this sermon. Peter, this is the same Peter who, who was sort of flaky, right? Um, at best. Denying Jesus through that time of, of suffering. Now, we see Peter, with the Holy Spirit's power, preach this truth to the people gathered there. The truth about who Jesus really was. The truth about he was the son of God. This gospel good news message. And then it says the, it says the crowd, it says in verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other disciples, brothers, what should we do? Here's that heart posture again. They hear the gospel, the truth about Jesus, and their hearts were pierced with that truth. What should we do? They got a taste and they want more. We want more of you, God. We want more of you. So for us this, this, this day, I, I want us to consider a few things. So what does this mean for us, for our prayer life, our relationship with, with God? Well, I want us to examine ourselves. Be honest with yourself. What is the posture of your heart when you go to God in prayer? But with that comes a word of caution for us today. And I want you to, I want you to know this. I want you, don't make any mistake here. More of Jesus 
means less of you. More of God means less of me, right? John the Baptist, in his words, he must increase and I must decrease. Jesus himself, when he's praying in the garden before he's, before he's arrested, what does he say? Father, take this cup from me, but, but not my will. Your will be done. More of Jesus has to mean less of us. So I ask you this morning, do you want more of him? Do you want more of Jesus? Or do you want more of what he can give you? Is prayer a preoccupation with with saying the right words, checking the box? Are you more concerned with managing your sin? Is that what your prayer life looks like? You know, we should go to God with a repentant heart. God, help me with my sin. But the first goal, friends, should be, I want more of you, Jesus. Are you seeking intimacy with Jesus? Pursuing Jesus. I want more of you, Jesus. I want that for us. So let's keep asking. Let's keep seeking. Let's keep knocking. Jesus, I want more of you in my life. I want more of you in my relationships. I want more of you to show through in the way that I shine your light in this world. I want more of you. I want more of your kingdom in this world. I want more of you, God, because you are worthy. You are worthy. Let's pray together. Father, that's our prayer. May that be our posture of our heart. I want more of you, God. God, there may be barriers in our life to receiving you. For for some here today, I know that's difficult to say, I want more of you, God, because where are you? Maybe we can't see you. Maybe there's a barrier of of challenge, of difficulty. God, I'm praying that today, though, that you would break through, that you would break chains. And God, if, if we say, I want more of you, and we don't feel anything after that, God, that we would just keep persisting. Because I know, God, that you are here. You are with us. Your very presence lives inside us. So God, may we go from this place today with the words on our lips, I want more of you, God. In your name we pray, amen.